Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Today's an exciting day uh, for me personally because it marks uh, the start of something in the liturgical world known as Advent. Um, If you're not from a church background or or maybe you're not a Christian in here, um, you don't understand that term. Advent is an anticipation. It's in the Latin. It means um, the expectation, the coming of something amazing. And in the church, um, we celebrate the four Sundays prior to Christmas Day um, in focusing, zeroing in, pausing for just a moment to celebrate the different attributes that we know that Jesus Christ has brought into the world. And today, we and churches all around the world are lighting candles to represent this. And we light the first candle today, and that first candle represents hope. And so before we even talk, before we even get into the message today, um, I would just share this with you as we pause and remember that in just a few weeks, we celebrate the birth of our risen Savior. That hope has come into this world. No matter where you're at, no matter what your future looks like today, tomorrow, the next weeks, whether it's bright or whether it's not so bright, you can always remember that Christ has come and he has brought hope into the world for all. So I'm excited to join with you to light the first candle of Advent, the candle that we call hope. We continue today and we celebrate that hope by telling and talking about a story, um, the Christmas story. We've all grown up at times, and um, most of us have been to Christmas pageants, um, or we've seen presentations, whether it be by children or whether it be by adults, um, the Christmas story. We remember seeing kids um, playing sheep and uh, cattle and uh, lowing in the night and set pieces falling over and Mary getting scared uh, in, in shuddering and Joseph there and forgetting his lines. We remember all kinds of Christmas pageant stories throughout the year. And we're going to tell this story. Um, however, if you've not been in church or you really have not read historically the Bible, um, we're going to tell the Christmas story, um, but we're going to try and dive in historically and really truly understand exactly what happened in this Christmas story. It's not a simple story. It's a complicated story. There's a lot of twists. There's a lot of turns. And today we're going to focus on one specific individual who, when faced with God's direction, when faced with the voice of God saying, here's what's going to happen, she had to consider an incredible cost. Speaking of cost, as we open up this message, the hidden cost of Christmas, uh, many of us, for us, it marks the next few weeks of shopping, and the costs associated with shopping. And on Black Friday, I remember scouring the internet, and I was looking at deals, and I was ordering things, and I was so excited, and some of them have come, and I've already blown it because I've opened some of them because I can't wait till Christmas. And um, my wife's not happy with me, and my son keeps saying, well, Dad, why can't I open my Christmas presents early? And I said, because I said so. And it's great. Isn't being a parent great? But anyway, um, not good parenting advice, by the way. But what I would say is I was looking at a website. I love Best Buy. I love kind of shopping electronics and everything else. And so I just kind of went to Best Buy and I looked at some of their kind of displays and some of their language. And did you know there are some hidden costs associated with some of the specials that not only Best Buy, but every company runs? So what I thought is, is I would show you a couple of the hidden costs associated with some of these websites. Take a look at this. This is on the Best Buy website. Free shipping on everything. However, specially, special delivery items, in-store-only items, scheduled delivery items, check store items, not available. 
wait a minute, free on everything, but wait, you just said free shipping on everything, but wait, there's an asterisk way below that says, yeah, but on these four things, there's no shipping available. There's a hidden cost. There's also this that you can see as well. Restocking fee, $35 on cell phones, 15% on appliances. However, if you live in South Carolina, the restocking fee doesn't apply to you. That's down below, hidden all the way down in the really, really, really tiny type. But that's true. Some of you are really aggravated because they charged you that restocking fee and you had no idea. You can go back, just bring your receipt and tell them that I told you to come back. I'm sure that'll help. Anyway, there's hidden costs all over the place. There's fine print. And in Christmas... There are hidden costs all throughout the Christmas story that I think we can find inside in. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to open up to the book of Luke. It's in the New Testament. We're going to start in chapter 1. We're going to be in verse 26. And Luke begins this Christmas story as we focus in on the life of a woman, a young, young woman named Mary. If you have your Bibles, your iPads, your iPhones, you can follow here or you can follow along on the screen. And we're excited to have you watching online as well. Here we go. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. Pause. Let me give you some historical context here. Nazareth is the town that Jesus was from. If you read through Scripture, you always see Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth. But what you don't understand is Nazareth doesn't have a great reputation. In fact, in Nazareth at this time during the story, you had Jewish people living there, but you had a lot of Gentiles. If you don't know what Gentiles are, Gentiles are non-Jews. And so you have a Gentile culture that doesn't follow Jewish traditions, and then you have Jewish people following Jewish traditions. But as you can understand, in a city where you have both populated, all of a sudden the cultures begin to merge. So Jewish people from the outside looked at Nazareth as a despised town. The reason I tell you this is here is the town that God decided to begin the Christmas story, a despised, lowly town. In fact, Philip and Nathaniel, who were disciples, they would tell people about Jesus from Nazareth, and someone was quoted as saying is, what good comes from Nazareth? That's the kind of reputation it has, and this is where Gabriel, an angel of God, shows up to talk to Mary. Continuing on. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Pause. Engagement during this time historically, very different than today's time. Engagement then really, in essence, meant that you were married. Here's the difference. Engagement in biblical times meant that there was no cohabitation and no consummation. That was the only difference. However, from the public's view, if you were engaged to someone, you, in essence, you're going to be together. There is no, well, we'll think about it. Well, we'll pause. Well, you know, maybe we'll break it off. No, 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 no. You're engaged. That means you're going to be married, and nothing can break this apart. So Gabriel enters, and here's what he says. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, don't miss this, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son. You'll name him Jesus. He'll be very great. He'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am not married. I'm still a virgin. Gabriel shows up, and I love it. If, if, if you don't read the Bible, you got to start reading it because it's incredible because as you're going to see, it's the, Gabriel says, greetings, favored woman. You have found favor 
with God. In other words, it's, for those of you in the room that have the glasses half full personality, the happy-go-lucky, my wife tells me I live in lucky charm land all the time. You know, we're the ones, hey, how are you? Isn't it great? It's a beautiful day. I know it's cloudy and I know it's thunderstorms, everything, but it's great because the earth needs the rain and the plants need to grow. It's wonderful, isn't it? And some of you people in the room want to just punt those kind of people. Gabriel shows up and he's all excited. Greetings, favored woman. And the theologians will say, Mary's question back was one of just really trying to understand, well, what do you mean I'm going to conceive? I'm, I'm not married. I'm still a virgin. How can this happen? It wasn't meant as skeptical. It was meant as purely really trying to understand what Gabriel was saying. So the angel doubles down. The angel sees Mary's question and is going to give her more information. Take a look at this. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Don't miss this. So the baby to be born will be holy. Holy in biblical terms means set apart. Holy means child of God, not of man, which by the way, ladies, means this. It's not going to be Joseph. And Mary just figures that out in this moment. And he will be called the son of, not Joseph, the son of God. Gabriel leaves. Mary's sitting there for a moment. Gabriel's actually still there, but Mary's sitting there and she's receiving this information. Wait a minute. So I'm going to be pregnant and the guy that I'm engaged to, that's not going to be the father. If you understand history, this favored woman, this woman who has found favor in the eyes of God has just received the most awful, worst, terrible news she could ever have received. Because in her eyes, she is seeing in reality of the day. Let me show you some of the reality that she was hit with. Take a look at this. Mary would have to accept the reality that her reputation would be destroyed. You're not married? It's not Joseph's baby? I'll show you in just a second what they do with ladies who found themselves in that predicament. Mary had to accept that she could be killed. Mary had to accept the loss of love from her husband. These are all things that in that moment when all of a sudden Gabriel said, hey, Mary, it's great. You're going to conceive. It's going to be from God and not Joseph. Isn't it wonderful? And Mary's saying, I'm going to die. This is awful. You see, what Mary actually heard was, greetings, favored woman. You'll be despised by your peers. Greetings, favored woman. You'll be a disappointment to your husband. Greetings, favored woman. Your desires and your dreams are over. That's what Mary really heard in that moment. And now I got to be honest, if I'm there just understanding history, her greatest fear in that moment was Joseph, her family, her community, because she knew law. She knew biblical historical law. And I'm going to show you what biblical historical law says about a woman who ends up pregnant and the person she's engaged with is not the father. Take a look at this. Joseph is going to find out. And I'm going to give you foreshadow. Joseph is going to find out, and here's what he's going to do. Joseph, her fiance, was a good man, did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. This shows the integrity. We're going to talk about Joseph in the weeks to come. This shows the kind of man that Joseph was, an incredible man, a loving man, because he is embarrassed He's going to have to figure out what to tell his friends, but he is going to break the engagement quietly 
so as not to bring something upon Mary, because here's what Mary was going to face. Take a look. This comes from Deuteronomy 22. This is the law of the Bible. But suppose a man's accusations are true, that the woman's pregnant, and he can show that she was not a virgin. The woman must be taken to the door of her father's home, and there the men of the town must stone her to death, for she has committed a disgraceful crime in Israel by being promiscuous while living in her parents' home. In this way, you'll purge the evil from among you. Mary, favored woman of God, you're going to be brought in front of your parents' home, and the men of the town are all going to come with Joseph standing there, and they're going to stone you, one of the worst ways to die, to death. Isn't it great, Mary? Now, what happened to that simple Christmas story? What happened to that beautiful Christmas story that we all grew up watching, where we see an angel being hung by a string, and hopefully the rear gear riggers are holding her tight, lowers down and says, greetings, favored woman. We all sit, marvel, and say, how peaceful, how wonderful, where in Mary's mind, this is what she thought. She is going to be stoned. She will be mocked. She'll be disgraced. She'll be all alone. She'll be hurt by In essence, that moment for Mary was not, yay. That moment cost her her dreams. For some of us here today, you have had moments where a curveball is thrown your way, where all of a sudden your direction in life, it could be a job, it could be a family, it could be friendship, it could be the death of a relationship, where all of a sudden God intervenes and what you dreamed of, and this is how it's going to happen. This is the man of my dreams. This is the way it's going to be. We're going to be together forever. And all of a sudden, it comes crushing down, and the course and the direction of your life changes. And in those moments, it's hard because you can't see anything but the cost. I want you to write this down. The hidden cost, the hidden, there's a hidden cost in the fact that God's direction can also mean the death of our dreams. There's a hidden cost in the fact that God's direction can mean the death of our dreams. Just like Mary, her dreams were shattered. Let me illustrate this a a little bit different practically. Many years ago before my wife and I had our son Connor, we decided that we were going to go to the happiest place on earth, Magic Kingdom, and we were going to go and we were going to watch the fireworks show on New Year's Eve. I had always wanted to do this. I was really excited about this. And the reason why I hadn't done this and we hadn't done this is there's a cost. What you have to do, if, you, if you've ever been there on New Year's Eve, is you have to get there when the park opens, which is about 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. And you have to be willing to stay from 8 o'clock in the morning all the way to midnight. Because they shut down the park at about 10 o'clock in the morning because all the people want to be at Magic Kingdom for the fireworks. And when they get to a capacity limit, it happens only once or twice a year, they will shut the gates and no longer will you be able to go to the happiest place on earth. Isn't it sad? And so we decide, all right, we're going to do this. And I'm all excited. I'm, again, half his glass, glass is half full. I'm, you know, Lucky Charmland, we're going to go. It's going to be great. Fireworks are going to be amazing. You and I, it's going to be awesome. I'll, maybe I can sneak a kiss here and there, you know, a little you know, a public display of affection. It'll be awesome. So we go. 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm the morning person. My wife is, never mind. I'm a morning person. So we go, and we get to the park, and we're there, and it's early in the morning, and we're going. And I did not realize something. When you are at capacity in the Magic Kingdom, what this means is this. 
that for the next 12, 13, 16, however many hours you make it, I'm not kidding, by the way, within three feet of your person, front, corner, side, side, corner, corner, back, you will have a body around you for hours. And so as you move, you're moving in a herd. And this is what it's like to be at the Magic Kingdom on New Year's Eve. Isn't it great? It's awesome. And I'm there, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be wonderful, honey. It's going to be great. Look, we get to meet lots of people. It's awesome. So we stand in two-hour lines for one ride, and, you know, you kind of do that. And you can't get food because the lines to get food are way out the door. And so you're hungry, you're tired, and I begin to realize something at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Can't sit anywhere unless you just sit on the ground because there's no seats. There's too many people. You're tired, you're hot, you're sweaty, it's Florida. And I start realizing that my dream is starting to come collapsing upon me because my wonderful wife is there and she finally looks at me at three o'clock and says, are we really gonna stay till midnight? What? Of course. We're in this together, baby. We're doing it. And so we, you know, we're, we're there and four o'clock and five o'clock and seven o'clock and at about 7.30, I'm doing my best to put lipstick on a pig. And I am just smiling. And I'm standing there like, this is great, honey. And she's looking at me, and I think she was about to pass out because, we're again, we got people all around us. And it was at that moment that I had this conversation with God. God, I got up really early. God, we got here at the crack of dawn. God, I have endured lots of people, smelly people, mean people, I have done my best. I got just four hours left. I got to make it because this can't go. We can't leave. We can't leave. 30 minutes later, I realized I have a decision to make. I either end up in a divorce at the Magic Kingdom (laughs) and it will no longer be the happiest place on earth or we leave. And to be really honest, I was ready to go because I was tired. And so at about 8 o'clock at night, Both my wife and I looked at each other and said, this ain't worth it. So we turned. And now, for those of you, when I was going into the park, and by the way, if you ever go to Disney World with me, here's what happens. I'm like the little kid, really, really excited. And so here's what I do. I go, all right, let's go. Let's go. We're going. Good. We're going to be there. It's going to be awesome. And then I have to stop because I have outpaced my family by about 60 yards. And then I have to stand there. I'm like, I figured you guys would hurry up. Let's go. And then I wait. And then they get here. And then I do it again. And then I get all the way to the end. And then... They're not getting the idea. They just won't keep up with me. So I I keep doing it. When we left the park, here's what we looked like. I'm sorry, I forgot where I parked. So at 8.30 at night, this was my dream collapsing on top of me. I was mad. I was frustrated. I had dreamed of this moment, and it was a fireball of despair. And I bet it doesn't compare to what Mary felt. But here's what God can do. That night when we got in the car, we drove back to our hotel. And we stayed at a hotel that was near property. It was off property, but near property. We got out of the car, we got in the hotel, we got showered up. And about 11.30, we have a balcony. So I said, I'm just going to go out to the balcony and just sit for a little bit, you know, before the New Year's rings in. Go to the balcony, and as I sit in the balcony... I noticed something, that downtown Disney is just off to my right, below us, and they have a fireworks show. 
Oh, and there's the ball. There's Epcot. Oh, and there's the castle. And at midnight, my wife and I sat on the balcony with, without six million people beside us. And we didn't get one firework show. We got three firework shows. One of them was right in front of our hotel. And I remember sitting there and my wife looking at me saying, you mean we got up at 6 o'clock in the morning and we could have sat here all day? No, no, that wasn't it. (laughs) Point is, I thought it was going to be one of the worst moments in our life. And God gave us an incredible memory. And we got better than what we ever expected. And Mary has a choice. Because her dreams are shattered. They're in a fireball. And if you fell asleep at all, I want you to wake up because I want you to see something I'm going to show you in Scripture and you need to hang on to it. Because if you're in a place like Mary and you feel like your dreams are shattered and you feel like there's no hope and you feel on a day where we lit the candle of hope, there's no hope and there's no future. If you're in that position, you have two choices. I'm either going to stare at the cost and realize the cost is too great and everything that God wants me to do, it's going to end up messy. Or you can make a decision today to say, God, you are God and I'm not and I trust you, and I'm going to trust you, and it hurts, and it's painful, and it doesn't look bright, but I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to take a step of faith, and I'm going to follow what you want for me, because I trust that your God and what you have is far greater than what I could ever dream and believe of, and Mary was faced with that, and I want you to see what Mary does. A young girl, remember, she's a teenager, She is not an adult. She's a teenager. And I want you to see she's faced with death, with being stoned. And take a look at what she does. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And the angel left her. Don't miss this. Here's what Mary basically said. You are God and I'm not. You know better than I do. And so God, here's what I'm going to say to you. I'm not going to come back, Gabriel. I'm not going to say, if you do this, then I'll do it. I'm not going to say, well, if I know what's going to happen, then I'll do it. Well, you know what, God? If you just give me a few days and I'll think about it. Mary didn't do that. She said, let everything that you just said come true, even if it means my life. That's the kind of faith that Mary had. And do you know what happened to Mary because she had that kind of faith? Take a look. She will be the most famous mom ever. Her son will be like no other. Her legacy will be secure. And she will be a part of God's story for eternity. It's an incredible story about an incredible woman. And rather than me talk a lot more about it, I want you to sit back and I want you to listen to the words of a song. And I want you to look at the video I'm about to show you. Shadow, an angel, or a warrior. 
If God is pleased with me, why am I so terrified? Someone, this is Somehow help me see with heaven's eyes And before my head agrees My heart is on its knees Holy is He Blessed am I Be born in me
sometimes the greatest cost can be the greatest blessing. I pray that this Christmas you realize that he's God, you're not, and that you say, God, whatever you want, let it come true. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this Sunday of hope. Thank you for what it means as we live these next few weeks. I pray for every family that has lost hope, for every parent who is struggling, for every single adult who is about to give up. I pray that you'd remind them that you are right there and that we would have the strength and the courage to say that you are God. Your will be done. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the gift of Christ. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.